Bible just talks about Jesus coming down to earth and humbling himself. Uh, but let's just let's just pray and open our hearts to the word. Father, we just welcome you to speak to us through your through your word today. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to reveal truth to us. We just pray for uh, Lord openness in our hearts and understanding to be released in Jesus name. Amen. Says this, verse 1 of chapter 2. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, or he emptied himself, by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge or confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is going to be a day where everybody says, Jesus, you actually are Lord. Everyone's going to declare that. Some will declare that on their way out because they're going to be forced to, and it's going to be too late. But everyone will acknowledge ultimately in the end, yes, Jesus, you actually are Lord. You actually are who you say you are. You, you are God. You did what you said you would do. You are who, who you say you are. And so that's the end of all things. But it goes back to the beginning here is where, where Paul is talking to this group of people, this group of believers, and we find out that they weren't perfect. Did you ever, have you ever found out that someone wasn't perfect? <laughs> have you found, ever found anybody that was perfect? Okay, <laughs> that's the, that's the, there's an old song, okay? I got to tell this joke. Since my wife left, she got called out for children's help or something. So if you all have been listening to Christian music for a while, this is probably like the late 90s, early 2000s. I know this is dating me a little bit, but it's a song by Stacey Arrico, and it says, Don't look at me if you're looking for perfection. Sounds a lot better when she sings it. Uh, She's probably a lot better looking than me too, but uh, I used to change it just for fun. So I would change it from, instead of don't look at me, I would, I would go around singing this just for fun to get on everybody's nerves. Just look at me if you're looking for perfection. I'll never fail. I'll never let you down. Okay, it's not true though, right? We can, we can sing a song all we want and change the lyrics to any song and make it about us. Uh, it's, it was totally supposed to be silly. Uh, 
But none of us are perfect. And so neither was this Philippian church. Uh, they're an amazing church, and Paul has lots of amazing things to say about them. Like, they were full of joy. We read the scripture earlier. If you're here when we did the offering, you know, we talked about the Macedonian churches had this heart of generosity. That's these guys right here. That's these people right here. There's lots of amazing things that Paul says, but we get a little bit of a hint. There's a little bit of some friction going on with these people. It's what happens when you have something called relationships with one another. When you get to know somebody better, you find out how less perfect they are, right? Isn't it true? When you get married, before you get married, for those of you that aren't married, I'll let you know. It's perfection. Perfection. The wedding day, you get there, you're the most amazing. It's perfection. I'm still in that phase, okay? I just wanted to clear that up, okay? I wake up every morning, look over at her asleep and say, that's perfection, okay? But when you get to know people, you realize, hey, we all fall. We all have faults. We all have idiosyncrasies. We have annoying things about us. I mean, like anybody have kids? My kids aren't in here, so I can say this. Kids can be super annoying. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know that as a kid, but now I know. I was like, man, I need to write my data, you know, apology. Forgive me for all those times that I was just stupidly annoying because i was a certain age you know (laughs) and so uh you know we get in relationships and so apparently in this church there's a little bit of stuff going on in their relationships and so paul has to address it he has to say hey guess what in what does he say in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as christ jesus whoa Apparently, there was a a little bit of stuff where there wasn't unity. There wasn't tenderness and compassion. There wasn't like-mindedness. There wasn't the same love. There wasn't being united in one mind and spirit. There apparently was some selfish ambition and some vain conceit. Just look at me. Vain conceit right there, right? And he says, rather, in humility, value others above yourselves and paul says this he says do this for me isn't it interesting that paul paul first says hey do this hey you know we have a good relationship right do this for me i want you to be one with one another i want you to be united i want you to have the same mind i want you to have some compassion on that person that's annoying i want you to have tenderness and not be harsh with people i want you to have the same love i want you to do nothing out of your own selfish ambition and so we get to serve one another we get to lay down our lives for one another we get to be a people who put ourselves second it's so easy to put ourselves first, right? Thank you all for, for loving right now, our brother. But it's easy to put ourselves first, right? I mean, just to talk about marriage again, right? Sure way to sink a marriage, be selfish. Make it all about you. Always be telling your spouse, I want this. It's this is not the way, you know, always be telling them this is what I want. It's like. I mean, you can't really you you shouldn't really do this, but you're like, hey, have you read Philippians 2 lately? (laughs) Don't do that. 
Especially if you're a husband. Don't do that. Okay? <laughs> don't just... Especially if you're a pastor. <laughs> don't bring up the Bible at me. <laughs> I know the Bible too. <laughs> but Paul, look, they knew Paul loved them, right? They, they knew Paul loved them. And so Paul could say that. You know, when someone... When you know somebody loves you, they can say hard things to you sometimes. So sometimes you need somebody to speak into your life and say, stop being so selfish. Sometimes we need people to tell us that. You're just being selfish. You need to let that go. You need to repent. I mean, that's, Paul, that's what Paul's saying. He's being a little bit nice about it. He kind of surrounds it with a lot of language. But he's basically saying, stop being selfish. Stop putting yourself first over everybody else. And in fact, you're actually going to find more joy in your life if you begin to put others first. If you begin to value someone else above yourself. I mean, have you ever done that? I mean, have you ever felt like when you're like serving and loving and giving and being generous, uh, you feel fulfilled, right? It feels a whole lot better to do that than just going around trying to get your own way. It doesn't work in any relationship. I mean, you can apply it to any relationship you want. But if you have to put yourself first, then guess what? God's going to humble you. (laughs) He's going to get to humility one way or the other. There have been so many times in my life where I've had to have the Lord just, just humble me. I know I've told this story before. It's one of the greatest things ever. When I had one of the elders in our church... Uh, sit me down as a young man with me and my brother, and we were super, super spiritual back then. We were way more godly than I am now, in my head at least. <laughs> All the other losers that were out in the congregation of the church just didn't follow Jesus enough, and they weren't spiritual enough, and if they would just be more like us. I mean, you know, we didn't say that out loud, but just, you know, it was implied. <laughs> So we had to be sat down and, and confronted And I had this elder, I know I've told you this story a hundred times, but it's so good. Because he pointed his finger at me and said, who made you the Holy Spirit? Hmm. Not much you can really say to that right there. (laughs) I was smart enough not to say anything, at least. It's like, whoa. And this is a really nice man, too. Very gentle, very quiet. But he was, he was intense. At that moment. But sometimes we need intense in the moment. Whatever you need. Again, if you don't need intense, then God's going to bring you not intense, okay? But he's going to bring it to you how I needed to be confronted with my selfishness and my pride in that moment. To say, wait a second, are you God? Only God's worthy of all the glory. Are you trying to get all the glory? Is that what this is about? Just so you can get what you can get? You get what you get and you don't throw a fit or what? I mean, what is it going on? You know, is it just about that? Is it just about you? And so Paul is saying, look, we don't have to live like this. We don't have to. Because this, if you trust in the Lord, he's the one that takes care of you. You're supposed to. Jesus is the one taking care of you, not you. You're not taking care of you. Jesus is. But when we step into selfishness and putting me first, what are we saying? Jesus, you can't take care of me. I have to do it. 
We're trying to say, God, my needs are not being met, so I need to help you out. These kids you gave me, God. You gave me these kids, Lord. (laughs) You said that children are a reward. They're a gift from you. From you. So this is your fault. (laughs) Also says in the Bible, God, that a wife is, is a gift from the Lord, right? That you find a wife, you find a good thing and find favor from the Lord. Those is your fault too, God. Just about everything's your fault, Lord. <laughs> and we get we get off track, right? Because we're we're so focused on ourselves. I mean, when you get focused on yourself, it's hard to really see properly in life and in relationships. And so that's what Paul is saying. He's saying, like, hey, you have to do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. In other words, putting yourself first. Humility is this a proper view of yourself. Humility is a proper view of yourself because there's two there's two extremes. You probably fall on one side of the coin or the other. There's this is probably your tendency. Either number one, you tend towards pride. In other words, you're a strong personality. You're confident and you're like, yeah, I'm good. (laughs) I'm talented. I can, you know, I'm going to rely on myself. I can do this. And so your trap in that of not being humble is to be prideful. But there's another way we can be prideful is this, where we minimize who we are and we tear ourselves down. We say, you know, I'm not really I'm not really worthy. I'm not really good enough. I, you know, I'm just I'm just one of those people that just can't can't make it happen. Guess what? That's pride, too. Strong. It's called. Well, in some writings like Andrew Murray calls it strong pride and weak pride. One, both sides are basically. Focused on self first. Could be over positive or over negative. But it's still, guess what? It's selfish ambition. It's putting myself first over anyone else. And so Paul says, hey, you don't need to do that. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. And he gives us a really easy example. He said, I mean, look, not. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. This is a really hard scripture here, just so you know. This is easy to, to read. You go, oh, I read that. It's like, whoa, this is really hard to live. Am I living for the interests of others? Am I living for the benefit of somebody else? Or is it just about me? And he says in your relationships, here's your example, Jesus. <laughs> he doesn't say, Pastor John. Doesn't say Pastor Ashley, doesn't say Mr. Ronnie Maben. He doesn't, you know, say anybody else. He says, hey, we're going we're gonna to start with this level. Here's, here's, your, here's your level, Jesus. <laughs> it has got to be some supernatural, supernatural help. Uh, you remember in the previous chapter, he talked about, hey, you're going to be gaining this from the Holy Spirit. In other words, this is going to be a spiritual work in your life. And so as you humble yourself before God, you are actually acting like Jesus. Because what does it say? It gives us, here's what Jesus did. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage or, or held onto or grasped. I mean, can you think about Jesus for a second? I mean, isn't it amazing that Jesus laid down being in a place of heaven to come to earth for you and me? 
It says he emptied himself. It says he made himself nothing. And it says he was found in appearance of death of a man, and he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Have you ever thought of this? About, I never thought of this before. I, I don't know if you have. But Jesus had to learn obedience for the first time. Did you know God never obeys? I mean, think about it. If you're God, you don't have to obey anybody because you just be God. You just be yourself. You're already perfect. You're already good. You're already everything that everybody needs. If you're, if you're not, then you're not God. But if he is God, then he's all those things. He's already perfection. He, God doesn't obey anybody. <laughs> Some of you are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So, okay, that's fine. <laughs> like, that's... So Jesus, when he comes to earth, and he actually has to obey, it's the first time he's ever done that before. You know, in Hebrews it says that Jesus learned obedience from what he suffered. Ouch. Sometimes walking in obedience hurts. But so, so Jesus, he humbles himself. He lays everything aside that he could hold on to. He has every right to be God forever and just stay in heaven. He had that right. But rather than marching for his rights, and I'm not saying that for or against that, I'm just saying rather than holding up a sign and saying, nope, I'm saying God, don't take my rights away, it says he said, no, I'm going to make myself nothing. I'm going to lose all those rights. I'm going to lay them down for somebody else. And I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to become a human being. 100% God, but 100% man. And can you imagine his, so how hard it was for Jesus not to know everything? Because he's used to knowing everything. He then is on earth and he doesn't know everything all the time. He has to hear it from his father. He doesn't know what to do. He says, I only do what I see my father doing. In other words, I don't have it all in myself right now. I have to rely upon someone else. I am, I am trusting. I am surrendered. I am humbling myself to trust in my Father. Of course, was he giving us an example of how to live as a human? Yes. Jesus was living and saying, here's what humanity looks like. You don't want to know what a human looks like? Don't look at all these other people that are messing it up. Look at me. Look at Jesus. This is what humanity looks like. This is what true humanity is supposed to be. Sometimes he says, well, it's just because I'm human. I do this. No, it's because we're fallen humans that we do this. It's not because we're human. Being human is not to be broken. We were created to be what Jesus lived like. Now, are we ever going to reach in this life? No. We're not going to reach perfection in this life, but we're going to be changed from glory to glory. We're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We're going to grow. We're going to, we're going to change. We're going to grow in the knowledge of God. We're going to go from glory to glory. We're going to increase. We are, we are supposed to look more and more like Jesus every single day. But isn't it amazing that Jesus did it for us? That what anything that Jesus is asking us to do, he's already done it. So when Jesus says, humble yourself, he's like, look, I've already done it. I know what it's like to lay myself down and have people spit on me. To have people walk all over me. Now, And again, I'm not telling you that that's the way 
in every situation. But it's the heart that's laid down before God that says, God, I'm humbling myself before you, and I'm going to be obedient to whatever you're going to call me to. Has anybody ever been disappointed when you obeyed God? I mean, really, think about that. Have you ever done, done something for the Lord and said, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that? <laughs> no, it's the other way around, right? Isn't it the other way around? It's like where you, God is urging you to do something. You know, you just get that sense. You know, God's, you know you're supposed to do something, and you just go, eh, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> You chicken out. You do whatever. You avoid that person. You avoid that situation. You you turn your phone off, and you're like, nobody's going to contact me. I'm going to. You just you go into hiding. And then what do you feel like afterwards? It feels it feels terrible. It feels terrible not to obey God. Just so you know, if you're feeling terrible all the time, maybe you're not obeying God. I don't know. But it really doesn't feel good. To not do what God says. But it feels amazing when you obey God. I still remember this one time right before we got married. It was kind of in that season. We had some different ministers here. And they were like talking about, hey, pray for your servers. Pray for your servers. Pray for your servers. I don't want to pray for my server. (laughs) So we're at this restaurant in Odessa. I think it's Casa Olay. And so finally, I was just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask my server something. So I said, hey, I got, I got something that God wants to share with you. And so I shared this really quick word with him. He's like, oh, wow, it was really, it was really impactful to him. It was like you could tell it, it, it ministered to him. He said, hey, man, we're just here to bless you. Just really quick. It was no, there was no, like, open heaven that came down. And, you know, it was just, just really simple. We get out of that restaurant, guess what? I was like, oh, yeah, that felt good. I'm like, let's take the whole mall right now. We're going to go to the mall and watch a movie. We can save everybody for Jesus right now. Because <laughs> that's what you feel like when you, when you do what God says and take that step, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be, you know, asking your spouse for forgiveness. And you know you have to do it. You know you have to do it. Maybe asking your parent for forgiveness. Whatever it is, calling somebody up and humbling yourself. Man, just about everything God asks us to do has has some aspect of humility in it, doesn't it? I mean, have you noticed that? <laughs> I'm like, Lord, do you ever ask me to do any easy things? <laughs> oh, it's it's always it's always putting him first, right? But it feels good to obey God. So why do we still not obey? Why do we sometimes avoid it? Why do we think, oh, man, what if, what if I do that? What, if, what is everybody else going to think? Yeah, everybody else isn't going to be in your head after you don't do it. I mean, it's only what you're thinking with God that's going to matter afterwards, right? Those people aren't calling you up saying, here's what I thought. <laughs> I mean, there's only a few people like that in the world anyway, and then you're usually like, Refuse. <laughs> nope, I'm not taking that call right now. And that's okay. But it feels good to obey God. It says, but there's an element of humility 
I guarantee you in almost everything that God is going to have you do, you're going to have to humble yourself and say, okay, I'm putting, first of all, Lord, I'm putting you first, but I'm also putting the interest of that other person that you're telling me to do something for. And it's going to, it's going to put me, I'm going to have to humble myself. But then it says that, G, you know, it says, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. Jesus getting to where he needed to be, he got there by humbling himself and being obedient. Now, we're not going to be exalted to the highest place, so let's clear that up right now. But in order for me to get where I'm supposed to be in my life, I'm going to have to humble myself and be obedient unto the Lord. What does he say in 1 Peter, 1 Peter 5, 6? It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he might lift you up in due time. In other words, when you're, you're, at, when you're ready at the right time, then you're going to be lifted up where you can handle it. God, how come it's not? This is not. I'm not seeing all that I want to see. Well, are you, are you walking in humility and obedience unto the Lord? What is he telling you to do? What is he leading you to do? If you're walking in humility and obedience, then at some point, God's going to lift you up, whether that's promotion at a job, whether that's just influence in your family, whether that's influence in a church, whether that's a ministry, whatever it might be, your neighborhood, whatever you've been asking God for. How come I'm not seeing it? It's like, hey, we're going to have to put ourselves first where I humble myself. I get myself in the proper position so that God can lift me up. I mean, what did Jesus, Jesus told a parable about this, right? He said, when you're invited to a party, don't come sit up at the most important place. Don't come sit up front. You know, because somebody else that might be closer to the master of the party might come in and say, hey, can you, can you move back here? Because, you know, this seat is for somebody else. And then it says, you'll, you'll kind of hang your head, so to speak, and walk to the, and go sit in the back. But it says, rather, when you show up, sit in the back. Take the place of humility. And then when your master sees you, says, hey, no, 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 you don't belong in the back. Come on up front here. That's how it works with the Lord. Is when nobody's looking and we obey God, at some point, he'll bring us up in front of other people and say, hey, come up on front here. This helps you have healthy relationships, too, if you can be humble. If you're willing to humble yourself to someone else, guess what? They're going to they're gonna be willing to trust you and be honest with you and probably more willing to forgive you. I'm not saying it's going to happen every time. There's some people who are just going to say, no, I'm going to be upset at you. But then it's on them. It's not you. You did what you had to do. You humbled yourself and you however you needed to respond. If you needed to respond with forgiveness and asking for mercy, whatever you needed to do, you humbled yourself and you were obedient. And what did Jesus say? Take up your cross daily. (laughs) Anyone who would come after me must take up his cross daily and follow me. In other words, you're going to have to die to things every single day. Man, don't we get a day off, Lord? He's like, yeah, that's what the Sabbath is for. You just get to rest and relax and enjoy my presence and celebrate my goodness. Okay. 
But if anyone would come after me, Jesus says, you must, you must take up your cross daily and follow me. Someday, though, we get to the place where it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When we humble ourselves in obedience, we are placing ourselves in the proper position of where all the earth is going anyway. All of creation and all of history, all of history is moving towards this moment. All of history is moving towards the moment where Jesus is declared once and for all for everyone to see he is Lord. And I am willingly invited now to accept the invitation to place myself and my life under his authority now in freedom rather than when it's too late. And so I'm really, again, this is the the point where we as believers get to live from the future in the present. In other words, we're living as if the future has already happened. I'm living as if everyone is already declaring Jesus is Lord because he's already Lord. So I'm going to put myself in the proper place where Jesus is my master, where he's, he's not just my savior, he's my Lord. If he asks me to do something that I don't want to do, it's at least half the things he asked me to do, right? Like, well, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> when I do, that's how you know you're obeying God. Is if you haven't done something that you don't want to do lately, you, you probably are not obeying the Lord. Because it, I mean, there's just roll the dice. There's just a chance. There's probably at least a 50% chance that some of the things he's, there's some of the things he, he asks us to do, we're thrilled about. And those are awesome. Those are easy, right? When God tells you to do something, you're like, oh, I love doing that. Cool. Do it. Still do it. But there's also going to be the time where he's like, okay, we're going we're gonna to work on some humility here. We're gonna, we're, you're going to die to some things right now. Uh, you're going to have to, you might actually not look as cool as you think you want to look. Because I, I want me to look cool, God says. I want, I want, I'm not going to share my glory with somebody else. Thank you, Jesus. And how do we do this? We need God's help, right? We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need him to work in us. And so we need to cultivate that relationship with God because uh, we're going to get to the point next week, uh, if I am preaching next week, where he says, you know, God's the one working in us. In other words, you know, hey, it's not just your strength. It's his strength. It's his power. It's his change. It's his spirit doing it. So... Let's stand. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to hear from your word and to receive from your word, Lord. And first of all, we thank you, Jesus, that you're the star of the show. Jesus, you're the star. There's only one star in the show of history, and it's you, Jesus. And so we just pray, Lord, forgive us when we want to be the star. Forgive us when we want to be first and we want to put others and you not in the place of, of, of where they belong, God. We just thank you for that. Well, we just choose to humble ourselves before you. Lord, we just invite you to speak to us. If there's something, Lord, that you're, 
urging us to obey you. And we just ask right now that you just drop that in our heart once again. Maybe remind us. Maybe we just forgot. But right now, just just take a second and listen to what, what the Lord would say to you. Lord, we just, we just thank you and we honor you today. We thank you, Jesus, that you are sitting in the place of authority. And so we choose to place ourselves under your authority. If we want to see things really work out the way you want to work, work them out, God, we have to place ourselves under your authority. And so, Jesus, we say, you're Lord. You're Lord of my life. We just thank you in our relationships, God, that you would be first and that we would put others first. Lord, we release selfishness. We, we release vain conceit. We release thinking about our, our own reputation first. And we say, God, you be glorified in my life. Even if that other person doesn't change, doesn't start acting right, God, I'm going to live right. I'm going to be right. I'm going to have my heart right before you. And we thank you, Jesus, that you did that for us first. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I have our leaders come on up if you need prayer. You want to say something, brother? Well, if you want to say something. Young, just give me a minute. People that know me, this is very hard for me to do. Uh, get up here in front of a crowd and speak. Uh, <clears throat> but this message just spoke to me real loud today, you know, just stepping out of the comfort zone and speaking and doing what the Lord wants you to do. You know, he was calling me to step out during the worship service. And, uh, you know, there may be somebody in here, you know, I don't know. There's nobody in here that knows that hasn't turned their Lord, their, their life over to the Lord. And, you know, he may be knocking at your heart right now, you know, um, just surrender. You know, and if that's you, just step out. Um, like it said, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. One day, though, don't walk out those doors. If he's knocking on, on the door, open the door and let him in. I promise you, you will not forget it. You won't regret it. Sorry. Um, you won't regret it. Or if, you're, you, if you've turned your life over to the Lord and you've walked away, um, just turn back to the Lord. I mean, uh, what, do you, what do you got to lose? Yeah. I mean, I, I've lived that life. Um, horrible. Uh, I, I promise you, there, you, you won't regret it. You won't, there, there, this, this is a lot better than living in the world. So if that's speaking to somebody, um, like I said, don't don't walk out those doors. Just if you need to find someone, you know, one of the leaders or Super Dave or Pastor John, you know, to speak with you after people have left, and you know, do that. Um, but if he's knocking, just don't turn away. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, we're gonna have our leaders come on. If you need prayer, come on up. Yeah, if you, if that's you, don't don't leave here without talking with someone or praying with someone. And uh, if you need to go, blessings. And you can see Dave and, and Felicia about their their home group tonight. But.
But come respond to the Lord. If you need prayer before we go, let's get prayer.